ESPN. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Well, we looked at some numbers that definitely saw uh, negativity on the trade when we look at what's been happening in this in this grain complex today. And I'm trying to get my mouse to work with me so I can pull off the numbers. Obviously seeing a big drop in the soybeans, especially after what we saw in yesterday's trade. Livestock still got a mixed feel uh, in this cattle market. Hogs as well, just trying to to hold their head after some limit-up trade of yesterday. So let's look at what's going on. What are we focusing on when it comes to these markets? Aaron Bertles joins us. He is with Crossroads Marketing. And Aaron, a lot of folks, uh, harvest is underway. They're looking at their final input costs. Um, there's a lot of things being factored into that seed or grain, excuse me, as it's moving through the combine. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is, uh, you know, we're early on, but we've had a good start because of some drier weather and, uh, you know, hotter than most of us would like for this time of the year. Um, obviously looking into a little bit of cool down here to end the week and maybe a, an early break for guys if they can get some moisture, which I think a lot of them would be fine with. But yeah, I mean, early on hearing really good soybean yields, um, that's been across the board. And I would, I say really good, but, most people are, are very shocked um, with what they're seeing as far as soybean yields. Obviously, it's always one that it's really tough to guess and gauge, and you know, most people uh, probably start off pretty low, but these are, are really good numbers, and especially in some places that I didn't expect to see them, honestly, with how dry uh, those areas were, but they just got some timely rain late and has really helped that stuff out. I haven't heard as many corn yields. Um, we are far enough along here that we've we've seen some, and you know, through the people that I work with, uh, I'm seeing mostly impressive stuff. Most people that are pleased with what they're hearing, um, and again, in some areas that you wouldn't have necessarily expected that to take place because of how dry they were. But you know, not nearly as much as beans, and we have a long ways to go on both of these things before we have a really good answer. So you look at that, and I'm curious, uh, what are you hearing from folks when it comes to marketing off the combine? You and I were talking about this um, off air that usually that's not our, our mode of practice, but it seems to be the trend lately. Yeah, certainly certainly not what I approach uh, a client with when I'm talking with them about you know how to prepare and plan for a year. Um, but the last two years, it's paid off, right? That's what we talked about is, uh, it's reinforced what I would consider, you know, normally bad habits, right? That it's not normally the best time to set basis. It's not normally the best time to price grain. And this year so far, it's not either, right? We had some much better prices back in May, um, even in uh, July um, in that time frame too. And forward selling would have been a better place to be. But right now, still very good prices and very profitable considering your input costs from last year. So, and basis, you know, we talked about basis, even with beans being uh, as good a yield as, they, as we've seen so far, and I'm hearing some pretty long lines at, at some elevators, uh, you haven't seen the basis change much at all. If anything, it's gotten a little bit better in spots from what I've heard. Um, so, you know, corn yield or corn basis probably gotten a little bit worse in some places just because of, you know, this initial glut that comes in. But I I do think both of those will probably get better over time if you can buy yourself some time either in storage or uh, whatever makes the most sense. But, yeah, it's not the way that you would typically want people to market their grain, uh, you know, not the way that, uh, you know, nine out of ten times it isn't going to work. But we have seen two years in a row here where it's kind of reinforced um, that way of doing things. Well, having said that, um, could the basis get worse in the country because of these bigger yields that we're hearing about? 
Short term, sure. You know, I think short term as as elevators get uh, a little bit full here um, for a period of time. By period of time, I mean two, three weeks, a month. Um, I don't know that it'll last a lot longer than that as long as uh, we get into a point in time where demand starts to pick back up again. Um, and I think that will take place as you move into November and, and that time frame or even late October. Um, so, yeah, I do think that you'll have a time frame in October, uh, maybe even early November, where basis takes a little bit of a hit because uh, – and it's, it already has across, you know, especially in the east. You've already seen it uh, take a pretty good hit. But I do think if people put it in their, um, put it in their bins, uh, you're going to see a, a time frame here before the end of the year where it gets back and – and as you go into next year, I mean, we are looking at one of the tighter carryouts that we've seen. Even if these yields are a little bit better uh, as we move forward, you're still going to see a very tight carryout considering that, you know, that's it until next year or until we start to see some supplies from South America coming. So I think overall you're going to see basis improvement if you're putting it in your bin. So having said that, should that make people nervous, though, putting it in their bin and, and not having a solid game plan that they're used to? It just depends on everybody's situation. You know, I think there are people that uh, need cash flow at the end of the year. Those people should be nervous, right? They should have stuff sold ahead. Um, they should have a plan. If you don't, you can store everything. Then you can do your plan now, right? Or you can do your plan right after the fact and say, hey, you know, let's look at when we do need cash flow into next year. Let's look at how long we do want to store this stuff. How wet is it going in? Um, I think it very much just depends on each person's situation with that. And, you know, early on, that's something you need to be looking at. You need to be looking at that in planting time and, and talking that over about when things are going and, and where they're going to go and how you're going to get them there and uh, all of those things. So, yeah, I think it should be a problem for some people that um, that are taking, you know, the big problem right now is people that are just hauling stuff to the elevator don't really have a plan and then all of a sudden it starts accruing storage um, costs and, you know, then you need cash flow. I mean, it's just money that you don't need to spend in certain situations. Very well put. And input costs aren't going to be going down anytime soon as well. No, no, absolutely not. I mean, that makes next year very difficult right now with prices that are pretty attractive. But when you have those unknowns with how much those costs are going to be next year, it makes it a very difficult decision. You, what are you hearing from, from guys when it comes to the grain in the field, are we going to leave it in the field because those input costs for dry down might be more than what it's worth? Sure. I've had some guys that, you know, would normally be harvesting right now, but because we've had some drier weather and because of propane costs and, uh, you know, like you said, natural gas too, uh, they're looking to try to hold off to let that corn dry down a little bit in the field before they go at it just to try to alleviate some of those costs. It, it makes sense, but it certainly uh, is a risk, you know, depending on what the weather does moving forward. All right, we'll stick around. More's coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Bro Radio Network. Our Fontenelle hybrids dealers can't say enough about the Fontenelle performance. Here's Don Blaschko of Blaschko Seeds between Ravana and Gibbon, Nebraska. We've always been happy with Fontenelle products. They um, stand well, yield well. Since they're locally tested in Nebraska, they match our season and our climate and the soils better than um, other hybrids. For more on proven products in your area, go to Fontenelle.com. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. RVM. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we continue having the conversation with Aaron Bertles, Aaron is with Crossroads Marketing. So we left kind of talking about uh, input costs, uh, harvesting, and then what we're seeing when it comes to marketing off the, off the combine. And I, I think that we've got this report coming up on Thursday. And that could have a little bit of an influence, too, in what we see with these numbers. 
Yeah, sure. I mean, these stocks reports are always wild. Um, you know, again, and these these have typically been friendly. You know, the last uh, it looks like the last nine, I think, um, stock reports we've had higher closes for soybeans at least, and several of the last you know several of the last reports we've had uh, closes for corn that were four percent or more higher. So they've been friendly for the most part. Most reports you've seen here lately, though, it it seems like we have a, a reaction that day, and then the market gets back to whatever it was doing in the first place, um, and really quickly. I mean, we've seen this trend in the last three or four reports now where uh, you get a, a certain direction uh, just from report day, and then it gives it all back um, the next day if it was going the opposite direction of that. So, I you know, I expect we're going to have a reaction out of this. I expect that, um, you know, again, these have been very volatile, and I expect the same thing here, but I also expect that, we're at harvest, and, you know, you're going to have some um, direction just because of the overall fundamentals of this thing that are going to take back over shortly after. So looking at get past harvest, let's look at 2022 corn. What are some of the chatter that you're hearing out in the country? Well, it's really difficult because it's a very attractive price, right? I mean, you're sitting here right around 515 to 520. Um, very good price, but when you got fertilizer costs that are twice as much as they were last year, you're going to have seed that's probably more expensive. Uh, you're going to have rent that's probably gone up. Um, you're going to have a, chemicals that are maybe even unattainable. <laughs> you know, it's it's a difficult um, situation to look at if you don't have some of your fertilizer booked ahead. If you don't have some of those things booked ahead or have a good idea what they're going to be, it's certainly hard to pull the trigger. Um, but it's a very attractive price. Now we. We should all know that our our margins uh, next year are not going to be as good. We should have known that six months ago, even before this fertilizer stuff, just because everything lags. I mean, that's just the way this works. Um, so our margins weren't going to be as good this next year as they were this last year just because of costs. But this is really difficult right now because of those situations and not knowing even what the availability of this stuff is going to be, right? So uh, I don't have a lot of answers for that. I think if you have some stuff booked ahead, uh, you should look at pricing some uh, of your uh, – you should look at locking some of that in and getting some of this stuff priced so that you have – you know, if you did have it locked in, it's it's going to be at a high cost, and you need to make sure you get a high grain cost um, locked in as well. But for the stuff that you don't have bought, it's tough to make a decision on whether you should sell some ahead or not. So switching gears and looking at the livestock side of it, Aaron, you, you hear the way the prices have been for these grains. From a livestock perspective – What's the feel? Are, are, do we have some nervousness? Are we just watching the ebb and flow in this trade? Yeah, I think you know. I think everybody's got a little bit of nervousness just because this market has not wanted to go anywhere on what you would expect was some pretty pretty good information or positive information there for quite a while, and then we had a huge setback. And again, you're starting to see things pop up all over the places about. Um, you know, packer, retailer margins and how much those have increased since 2014. I was talking to you earlier about a chart that I saw that they've they've gone up four times. Um, packer margins have uh, four times what they were in 2014, whereas, um, you know, the producers' uh, margins are, are cut by about 60 to 70 cents of that. So it's a tough situation. Um, I think right now, like you talked about with feeder cattle, uh, we've got feeder cattle up today. They were down hard yesterday. It just seems to be reacting back and forth with what corn's doing. You know, corn was up big yesterday, feeder cattle are down hard. Corn's down today, and feeder cattle are gaining a little bit back. Um, so it's it's a tough one. Um, they they seem to me like they have some friendly uh, fundamentals overall, but it just seems like they've got a lid put on them that they just can't go anywhere. 
And let's be honest, these hogs definitely have had a good run this week. A limit up action of yesterday. Did that catch some by surprise? Yeah, I mean, from the report the other day, right, the inventory report, we essentially just have a smaller herd than was expected. And, you know, that's that was pretty shocking for a lot of people and uh, something that the markets have definitely reacted to. Um, so, yeah, and with good demand and with a smaller herd size, you've just seen some, some really good action in that marketplace. Should that have come as a surprise though, after seeing those numbers? I mean, we had the whole weekend to digest them. Is that a big part as to why we saw the jump? Yeah, I think part of it. Um, you know, I think they'd had a bit of a setback there for a while, too, so they're just gaining some of that back as well. But, um, yeah, I, I think it was just a, a little bit of a surprise and shock that, that people saw those numbers the way that they were. Anything we need to be looking out for the rest of this trading week? You know, I just really think that with grains, we had a setback today, um, not really for corn below any places that you would be, you know, overly concerned. I still think that there is potential for this market to go up. Uh, maybe even back to the 550 area that seems to be a, a solid area for people to continue to sell at. That's good. So what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Aaron? You can give me a call at 402-309-3171 or email me at abertles at crossroadsml.com. And that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Highbrows and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.